Welcome to the teaching ministry of Rev. Daryl Baker, pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship. Pastor Baker is fulfilling the call of God on his life to preach the Word of God without compromise. Raising up disciples who through faith in God will have a powerful impact on our world. May you be blessed through the message that Pastor Baker has to share with you today. May God's very best be yours. Turn with me this morning to Romans, please, chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, brand new series, brand new series we're going to get into today called By His Stripes You Are Healed. By His Stripes You Are Healed. Now, automatically, I'm going to start off by helping you understand several things here. Number one, if you've been in this church any length of time, you've heard us teach on healing before. That don't mean you know everything about it. And that don't mean you don't need to be reminded about it. A lot of people, I mean, you know the name Brother Hagin, Kenneth Hagin Sr., walked in healing, walked in divine health. You know why he walked in divine health? I'm going to tell you why. Because he continued to study the Word of God all of his life along the area of healing. There are three primary things that are significant to your walking out on this planet, what God has for your life. One, spiritual rebirth. You need to constantly learn about that because you learn about who you are in Christ by learning about the spiritual rebirth of what took place within you. And that is significant. You never stop learning. You never stop renewing your mind to this new man on the inside. Two, healing. Why? If your body's not well, you can't do what God needs you to do here on this earth. Your body's a vehicle. It's a vessel. It's not you. But, you know, it's like a, it's like a car. I mean, if your car's got all kinds of flat tires, you're going to have a tough time getting around to get where you need to go. If the motor's broke down, transmission don't work, you name it, guess what? You're going to have a difficult time accomplishing much for God on the planet and much even for your family without a way to get around on the planet. So it is with your body. Thus the reason God emphasized healing in the covenant we have because God knew for us to fulfill our days, walk out what he has for us to do, guess what we need? Health and healing. The third area, these are all redempt, the three keys of redemption. The third area is God's provision, God's blessing. Because without having God's blessing, without having provision, you're going to be limited again on what you can do for God and how you can help God get his work done on the earth. But when you understand and recognize the privilege of being able to walk in the blessing of God, as we just talked about for your life, you can not only have enough to take care of your family, but more than enough to help others. And that helps God fulfill his purpose and plan on the earth. So these three things are critical that we should never get bored hearing about. You know, a lot of people love it when you talk about prosperity. Oh, yeah, talk about that, Pastor. I need more money. But prosperity goes far beyond money. Prosperity doesn't just mean you have more money. Guess what prosperity is also including? Health. If you stay healthy, guess what you're not spending all your money on? Doctor's bills. That's called prosperity. Guess where you're not having to go to all the time? not saying you ever don't need to go to the hospital. I'm just saying. When you walk in health, guess what it does? It helps save money. You're not having to spend all your money. I'm not telling you, thank God for doctors. Doctors are out to really do the same thing God had done, had done through Jesus Christ. And that's get your body well. So realize that you and I need to understand the significance of this key in our life as children of God. That by the stripes of Jesus we are healed. Now in this series, I'm going to encourage you right up front to begin with. That this is something you've got to consistently develop, study, meditation on and time with. As you're going to see in our series, we're going to talk about multiple things, okay? We're going to talk about the origin of where it came from. Most Christians really couldn't tell you, honestly. But some could, relating to the specifics of where it came from. Well, we need to know where it came from to know how to deal with it. So we're going to look at the origin and see actually a whole new perspective on that of where it came from. Not only the origin of where it came from, but what did God do to deal with it? What did God do to help us to eradicate it from our life? of an unhealthy body. What did he accomplish in relationship to me and you to make that happen? And then finally, how do we appropriate it? Now that's different. That's different for every person. What you got to realize is if you are somebody who's ever gone to an elder to be anointed with oil and got healed and then went back again and it didn't work, I'm going to tell you why. God expects you to grow up at some point and start getting it on your own. You listening? How many want to be changing your baby's diapers at 20 years old? I only got a few no's pretty late. Took a while for people to think about that. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you right now, God expects you to grow up. 
And a lot of Christians don't realize that the reason a lot of us are missing out on health is because God expects us to go beyond what was an initial stage of a type of what we needed of help of faith of somebody else in babyhood. Because the truth is, if we don't learn how to get it on our own, guess what we can't do? As we're, all going, we're also going to talk about in this series, we can't keep it. We're not just going to learn about how to get it. How do you keep it? How do you hold on to it? Brother Hagin learned that. Bible teaches us about that. That got anybody's attention. So realize this is far more than us just talking about a subject that you've heard before. And, and, you know, in my life as a pastor, you learn some stuff just, you know, going through life, right? Has anybody learned something just going through life? Just, I mean, experiences, things you go through, right? As a pastor 34 years, you learn some stuff. I've watched people come into my church hearing a subject for the first time, excited, hungry. You can see them on the edge of their seat. Bible's open. Don't bother me. Man, they're just falling right along, you know? And then all of a sudden, two, three, five years down the road, you're on the same subject. They're sitting back, arm around the back of the chair, just kicked back, kind of looking back, not really paying much attention. You know what I've noticed about those people? They don't walk in these promises fully the way God intended and or help others. Why? They're not giving them more earnest heed to what they've heard. And if it's not affecting them now, at some point it will. And I'm going to tell you what, you and I, guess what? I'm, I'm not going to ever get bored eating a steak. I'm not going to ever get bored eating a snickerdoodle cookie. You kidding me? Kylie made me some snickerdoodles, man, a while back. She one time showed up at church, you know, and she had some snickerdoodles she was eating. I said, where's mine? She said, why didn't make any? I said, why not? I just teach you. That's what she said, well, pastor, I just didn't make any. I said, oh, you don't know snickerdoodles? Don't go buy me snickerdoodles. I don't need a bunch of sugar. You don't, you don't know that snickerdoodles are one of my favorite cookies? No, but I do now. Guess what she did next week? Showed up with snickerdoodles for her pastor. They were good. They were good. She was like one of the only ones of the kids thing, you know, that, that got one of the, the deals right. What is pastor like, you know, for d- dessert? I'm going to tell you something, folks. You don't get tired of actually enjoying things that are enjoyable to you as it relates to stuff in the natural. You don't get bored with doing those things. Why do we do so with spiritual things? Because we tend to drift back to being carnal. We tend to, we tend to drift back to being governed by our carnal nature. God wants us to experience the benefit of what he's died and paid for. Any good amens on that? So get your, get your ears open to hear from the Spirit of the Lord what he has to say to you in this series. Because this isn't just important for you, by the way. One last thing. What about others? What about helping others walk in it? Can I get a better amen? I learned a long time from Brother Hagin. I'm not telling you. Oh, I better not say it. I better not say it because that will scare people off about certain things that we can still receive from God. Let me just get into my verses. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Romans 5, verse 12. Notice this. Therefore, just as through one man, actually you're going to see this referring to Adam, just as through one man sin entered the world. Isn't that interesting? Wasn't Eve involved in it? Wasn't Eve involved in it? Why does God say just through one man? Why? I'll tell you why. Two reasons. One, Adam was responsible to take care of the garden and keep stuff out wasn't supposed to be there. Thus said the Bible. Two, Eve was deceived in what she did. If you're deceived, do you know it? No. Adam was not. After she had ate of that tree, when then she offered it to Adam, knowing now that she had ate it, Adam accepted and chose to do it even though it was wrong. Now, you could say another side of that is Jesus was the second Adam. You know what Adam also did? He gave up his life for his wife. God said, you eat of that tree, you're going to die. He knows she's ate of that tree. He's go- she's going to do what? Die. Well, I'm not going to live without her. You can say a lot of things about that. that but God's sitting and simply saying here a statement, just as through one man, Adam, sin did what? What happened? How did sin get in the world? He just told you. Come on, it's not, a, it's not a complicated question. How does sin get in the world? Through one man's disobedience, through one man's decision that he chose to make, do and make that was contrary to what God said to do. How did sin get in? Through Adam. Through that choice. Watch this. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, watch this, watch this, and death through what? Underline that. You don't realize the power of that statement right there. You don't realize the power of that statement there. How did death come? Death came because of sin. Death was not in the earth until sin. There was no death in the earth until sin. I want want to keep referring back to this all through this series. Death entered because of what? Sin. Sin entered because of what? Adam's disobedience. Adam disobeyed. He sinned. What came as a result of that sin? This is what I want you to see. What came as a result of that sin? Death did. Now you're going to find out death comprises also of sickness, disease, and all suffering in the body. 
There was no sickness, disease, or suffering in the body until death came. Because death doesn't mean the end of something. Most of the time. It could mean in the physical sense when somebody died, okay, yeah, that body is no longer existing in the natural. But guess what? They still do. Death is not an end for anybody. There is no end for anybody. You're going to live eternally as a spirit being. Death in its primary definition, I've told you many, many times, is really simple to find. You ready? Watch this simple definition. You ready for this? The opposite of life. Death just simply means you're devoid of life. And you're going to find out the word life is zoe, which is the life as God has it. That includes health and healing. God has no sickness. You ever notice that? Jesus never got sick. Jesus never had to deal with context and relationship to his body. Sickness, disease. We see no such evidence of that. Right? He suffered all that when he went to the cross for us. Went to the whipping post for us. Watch this again very carefully. Just as through one man sin into the world. And what resulted in that? Death. Death through what? Sin. And therefore death did what? What did it do? So death now has access to all men. Death has access to all men because of that sin. Because all have what? Sinned. Because of that sin nature. That death has the right to affect our life in some way. Are relating to the fact that we had all had aspects of what we know, sin, nature, sin in our life. But watch this, 13. Until the law, Old Testament law, when Moses came along, sin was still in the world, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the moment Adam sinned, sin entered the world. And what came as a result again? Yes. Some of you are getting it. You'll get it before lunch, maybe. What came as a result of that sin? Yes. Which includes disease, sickness, and suffering in the body. Yes. Adam had no suffering in the body physically. Eve had no suffering in the body physically. Sin wasn't the reason. Sin caused it. But what did sin do? It allowed death to come. It allowed that suffering to come. For until the law, sin was not in the world. But sin, notice this, is not imputed when there is no law. Meaning that God was not in essence holding man through that period accountable yet for his sin. To punish him for that sin. Not until a law came. This isn't saying that death was not affecting people. It was. That's why it said that death still reigned. Death was still reigning. But it's saying that God wasn't punishing anybody because of that sin. Because without a law to say it's wrong, you don't punish somebody, right? 14. Nevertheless, notice again, death did reign. Even though there wasn't a law saying that's wrong, death did reign. Why? Because sin opened the door. What did sin open the door for? What came as a result of sin? Yeah. All right, I got about half of you. You might get to lunch on time today. So notice this, nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who was a type of him to come. Now, why does he tell us that? Why does he say death reigned from Adam to Moses? Because death was still functioning in the lives of these people because of sin, because death was allowed to come into the earth. But when the law came, God gave away. Yeah. Through blood sacrifices by which the children of Israel could actually have a way to get away from the effect of death. Proven in the Passover that we're going to talk about in a minute. So until the obvious law had to be established to come to acknowledge what was wrong, here's what you do about it. Offer these animal sacrifices. And guess what I'll do? Through those animal sacrifices, you exercising your faith in what I'm asking you to do, I can help you to not have death affect you in the way it's affected all the world. So he did make a way into the Old Testament still for them to be able to actually counter what was the result of sin, which was uh, death. Some of you getting it? Again, nevertheless, death did reign, even though the law wasn't here. Even over those who had not sinned, 14, according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who was a type of him, Jesus, who was to come. But the free gift, say free gift. The free gift is not like what? It's not like the offense. Not like the offense. In other words, what Jesus came to do is not like the offense. Meaning what? We now realize clearly that Adam earned what he did. He earned death. We don't earn life. He earned death by his actions. We don't earn life by our actions. We get life by, free, by, by uh, faith in the free gift. So this free gift's not like the offense because if by one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God, say the grace of God, and the gift of the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to what? It's a gift. So it's not like the offense. The offense was earned because of an action taken. 
The offense was earned because of an action taken. What was the offense? The result being death. Because of an action Adam took. The actions you take don't hinder your ability to receive the free gift. If you have faith in Jesus, you can receive what he offers. Now, what is, you're going to see it come up and again and again. What is this gift he's talking about in verse 15? I'll just tell you up front, it's called the gift of righteousness. Called the gift of righteousness. 16, the gift, righteousness, not like that which came through the one who sinned. Meaning what? You couldn't earn it. Nothing you could do to get it on your own merit. Right? You get it. How? How do you get this? How do you actually get this? From God. You get this gift by putting your faith in Jesus Christ. So the gift is not like the offense. For if by one man's offense many did what? I'm in verse 15. You in verse 15? Are you awake? Are your eyes open? Can you read the Bible? Watch. If by one man's offense, verse 15, many did what? Died. Why? Because death entered because of? Yep. See, some of you catching up. Notice this. Much more the grace of God. Come on. And the gift. Come on. The gift by the grace of the one man Jesus did what? What did it do? Again, it abounded to many. 16. The gift's not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in what? Justification. That's a mouthful and that's a whole sermon in itself. And that's not what we're here to talk about. But just real quick, little side note, little rabbit trail. Understand the difference between condemnation and conviction. Understand the difference. We don't need to go around condemning sinners of their sin. Correct. Why? They're already condemned. Jesus said so. By me telling you you have a sin nature and you're headed to hell if you don't receive Jesus is not condemning you. It's telling you what's true of what your outcome is based on the fact you're already condemned because of sin. Not because of what I've told you. Because of the sin nature. Because of what Adam did. So it's not condemnation to tell somebody that they have a sin nature. You don't talk about all their sins. Why? Jesus already dealt with all that. Jesus not even keeping a record according to the New Testament. We don't go around telling sinners you're going to hell because of your sins. No, they're not. They ain't a sinner on the planet going to hell because of their sins. Thus said Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Some of you looking at me like that cow again. You don't go to hell because of your sins. You go to hell because of you rejected Jesus. You didn't receive the gift of salvation. Thus saith the Lord. If you receive the gift of salvation, it's not your sins that send you to hell. It's because you rejected that gift. But if you accept that gift because you can't earn it, you're now given the gift of righteousness made right with God. Any amens on that? Yeah. 17, for if by one man's offense, one man, one man, one man Adam's offense, what he did wrong. What happened? What happened? Tell me out loud, please. Death so death then did what? Rain. Why did death rain? Why did death rain? Because of sin. Well, it rained from Adam to Moses, but after that, under the law, there was a way they could get it to not rain over their life. There was a way to the blood sacrifices that they could get this death off of them even eternal death, off of them to be accounted as righteous and to not have to be affected by the diseases and sicknesses. If they would walk according to the law, according to what Scripture told, that they were to do about the blood sacrifices. Look at those children of Israel in the wilderness. God kept them those whole 40 years. So notice again, by one man's offense, death reigned through the one. Notice this much more. Say much more. You should underline that. You ought to shout about that. Much more those who receive what? Abundance of grace and and of the gift of righteousness. Now listen carefully. Listen carefully. Notice, they will reign in what? Not in death. They will reign in life. How? Through the one Jesus Christ. What's, what's comprised of death? Disease and sicknesses in there. Disease, sickness, addictions. Come on. Any type of stronghold. They're all within death. None of that was in the earth until Adam sinned. We're focusing on healing. Therefore, recognize all pain and suffering the body, including sickness and disease and all that stuff, was not here until sin. Death is a part of that. Death is a part of that. But those who receive the gift, you don't earn it. Those who receive the gift of righteousness now have the ability to reign in what? Life. Reign in what? Zoe. Reign in what? Healing. Reign in what? Health. Reign in what? Strong body. All the way to the end. Come on, if Moses under the Old Testament, in obedience to God and honoring God through those sacrifices, never had his eyesight diminished, thus saith the Bible, under an old covenant. We can't walk in this under the new covenant? 
We need to learn some stuff. I said, we need to learn some stuff. Again, one, we don't earn it. It's a free gift. I have two, we have. We have two access to this reigning in Zoe, which includes healing. We have access to that how? Because we receive by grace the gift of righteousness. See, I have access. That don't mean you're partaking of it, but you got access to it. Because the context of what he's saying is, because of this gift of righteousness, you don't have to, what, what's the whole comparison here? Death was reigning, but now life can reign. Death was reigning, but now Zoe. Now life can reign. You can reign in this life through the one, through the one, Jesus Christ. Through what Jesus did. I said through what Jesus did. I want you to get this. Sickness and disease are the result of sin. Pain and suffering in the body is the result of sin. All that's the result of sin. Go back to Genesis chapter 1. Go back to Genesis. That's like in your Bible. Like turning pages. Go back to Genesis. I think I just said that three times. Go back to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. I had you so hung up and so enthralled in my preaching. You just didn't even hear me say it. (laughs) Genesis chapter 1. Go back to Genesis chapter 1. Realize, therefore, you and I have the ability to this free gift that God gave us to now reign in what? Life. If we reign in life, guess what that means? Death will not reign over me. I can walk free from the results of death. Well, we're all going to die, Pastor. Physically, your body will eventually quit in relationship to the time frame of on this earth. That's true. But you know what? Again, under the old covenant, if Moses could live out his life with the Bible says a vigor and a strength of a man who lived out all of his life, all those days to do what God called him to do, not even his eyesight diminished, that's under an old covenant. You're telling me I can't do that under the new? How? Why would we have a new covenant if it's not better than the old? If that was available to Moses under the old, why would I even want a new covenant? I wouldn't. But I do because I have a new covenant with better promises. Can I get a better amen? amen? So if you go back here to Genesis, we find out again, how did death come into the world? Through sin. Let's look at it, Genesis 1. What are we talking about relating to death in this, in this teaching? Sickness, disease, all pain and suffering in the body. There was no such thing till Adam sinned. Verse one of, uh, chapter 1, verse 26, God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have what? Dominion, Dominion over the fish of the sea, birds of the air, cattle, over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. 27, so God created man how? Tell me, please. Tell me how he created him. Shout it at me. Like you're excited about it. Wow, okay, so we've been in the context early stages of man's creation created in the image of God. God got sickness, disease, pain, suffering. No. And man was created in what? His image. Wow. Was man created with any disease, sickness, pain, suffering? How do we know? It was made in his image. Made in the image of God. So notice this. God created him in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. 28. Then God did what? Bless them. God said to them what? Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Have dominion. Once again. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God says, see, I've given you every herb that yields seed on the face of the earth. And every tree which fruit yields seed and for you it shall be for food. Question, did he have dominion over death? Did he have dominion over death? Wasn't here yet. Wasn't here yet. There was no death here. I said there was no death here. God has dominion over death. Adam didn't need dominion over death because there was no death here to have dominion over. If death would have been here, it would have been included in these verses over what to take dominion over. But it wasn't here. He didn't need dominion over it. Wasn't here yet. Wasn't in the earth. As long as he obeyed God, there was no death. There's, nothing, there's no such thing to take dominion over because it's not here. Doesn't exist. Are you listening? Yes. So how did this sickness and disease get into the earth? Drop down to chapter 2. A little further, verse 7. Chapter 2, verse 7. The Lord formed, therefore, man of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils. What did he breathe? What did he breathe into him? Tell me out loud, please. Breath of... There's no death involved. There's no sickness involved. There's no disease involved. You listening? 
This is the Hebrew equivalent to Zoe. He breathed into him the very life of God, the very life that God himself had. <clears throat> and man became, what did he become? What did he become? A living being. Living being. Drop down a little further, please. Verse 15, you still with me this morning? Then the Lord God took man. Are you bored? Right answer. The Lord, even if you had to say it in faith, the, the Lord God took man and he put him where? Where did he put him? In the Garden of Eden to do what? Now that garden he created for him. That garden he created for him to enjoy the absolute splendor and the beauty of all that God made and everything that God wanted him to have. 16, and the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of what? Tell me. I want you to remember this point. Good and evil. What was in the earth at the time? All that was good. All that was God. Was there any evil in the earth? None. What is evil also comprised of? Death. Death and evil are, are cohorts. So notice this, he said again, but of verse 17 of the tree of the knowledge, 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 to know, to know good and evil. You shall not eat from the day that you eat it. You shall surely what? Death will enter. Death will enter. He didn't die instantly. No, he opened the door for death to come. Through an evil work, an evil scheme of Satan, he opened the door for death to come. We just read it over there in Romans 5. Because of sin, death entered the world. Because of this one man's uh, disobedience death uh, through sin death entered the world so he's telling him here clearly in Genesis chapter 2 if you will not partake verse 17 of this tree of the center of the garden why did he put it there man had to have a choice right. it's not true love if you don't have a choice to choose to love God and accept God and do what God asks you to do so of this tree of the knowledge of what good and evil what if he'd have never eaten of that tree you'd have only known good Amen. guess what have never come into the earth well, I sure wished it was like that. It's going to be. There's a new heaven and there's a new earth. Now, I get it. It's kind of old tradition, you know. Old tradition teaches us, you know, the bride of Christ is you and me. No, no. The book of Revelation says that's the new Jerusalem. It's black and white in the book of Revelation. Not even speculation. Matter of fact, the angel even tells John, come here, I'll show you the bride. And it ain't believers. He's, it's the new Jerusalem. It says new, and then he describes this heavenly city. He describes its walls, its length, its height, its depth, and he says, that's the bride. We're just friends of the bridegroom. We all get to come to the wedding. Any good amens on that? By the way, for those of you that didn't get a chance, how many got to see Dr. Barclay's Tuesday night meeting about the last days? How many did not get to see it? How many would like to? We'll be showing it here on a Sunday night. I got access to the, to the, to the video uh, through pastors, so we'll show you that. But I want you to get this. Understand, death would have never, ever, 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 never been a part of man's life. Therefore, evil. There would have been no knowledge of evil, no knowledge of death had he not done this. Guess what he would have only known? Good. The tree of knowledge of good and evil. At that time, what did, what did Adam and, and Eve know? Only in relationship to what, obviously, that tree represented. What did they know? Only that which was good. Which is what? God. You listening? So the only way death came and evil came was because of a decision they made. Now they know about death. Now we know about death, don't we? I said, don't we? Now we know about sickness, disease, pain, and suffering. We know about evil because of this decision to violate God's word. Chapter 3, verse 1. Come on, stick with me. Chapter 3, verse 1. You're still here, aren't you? Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. Talking about the context of what God made here on the earth. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of the tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, He's always going to leave some things out. Deception's always sounding good, but it's always got a little bit of truth left out of it. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden. True? True? Yep, but notice this, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said you shall eat it, not eat it, for if you, uh, nor shall you what, touch it, lest you what? Now, honestly, we don't know that he didn't say don't touch it. He didn't specifically state that a minute ago, all right? It would have been good to go by that rule, because if you don't touch it, guess what you're not going to do? You ain't going to eat it. The point is, if you partake of it, guess what's going to happen? You're going to die. So she had that right. I said she had it right. Verse 5, for God knows that in the day, notice, oh, excuse me, back up, verse 4. So serpents, the serpent then said to the woman, representing Satan, you will not surely die. Say, liar, liar, pants on fire. Oh, his pants are going to be on fire for all eternity, folks. You listening? If you think the progressive commercial 
about no pant no pantalones is funny. There's a commercial progressive insurance. Liar, liar, pants on fire, you know. These guys are these insurance agents are lying to this you know person and their pants catch on fire in the commercial. Well guess what? Satan's pants are gonna be on fire big time for all eternity. Why? He's a liar. Say he's a liar. So obviously what he tells her in verse 4 is a lie. You will not surely die. You know, he just said death won't come. There'll be no death. No, 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 no. Watch this. So he's, he mixes and he knows. I got to mix in a little truth of what she's heard God say through Adam. Watch this. He goes on and says in verse 5, For God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be, do what? be what? They will be open. You'll be like God knowing what? You'll be like God knowing what? Well, God knew evil because he knew about Satan. He kicked him out of, the, out of, the, out of heaven. He's not evil. He don't have evil. Evil rose up in heaven and he dealt with it. And he kicked it, down, kicked it out of heaven down to the earth right. in the form of Satan. But literally gave Adam the ability to drive him out of the garden. Right. So again, he, he is using a little bit of truth here because he says your eyes will be open. True. And you'll be like God. True. Knowing what? Good and evil. But in other words, you would have known, never known evil, never known death had it not been for this act of sin. Right. If you'd have never known death, guess what? You'd have never known of disease and sickness part of death. Disease and sickness. If you don't think disease and sickness is part of death, what are all these people dying from? How many people died from COVID? How many people, sadly, how many people died from cancer? I'm not, I'm not faulting. I'm just asking. How many people die from the, it's death. Why? Because it's part of death. It's associated. If it wasn't associated death, you wouldn't die from those things. We're not trying to make the Bible say something it doesn't say. When we say death entered because of sin and we include sickness and disease, why? It's a part of death. That's why it kills people. That's why it kills bodies. But thank God Jesus did something about it. I said Jesus did something about it. Verse 6, so notice this. This is what happens to most Christians if they're not careful. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food. See, we start looking at it from a natural perspective, not spiritual. Ooh, that probably tastes good. That's natural. That's not spiritual. Not going to taste good to your spirit, man. It's just going to taste good to your taste buds. You listening? A lot, of you, a lot of stuff you eat ain't good for you. No. Just because it tastes good don't mean it's good for you. I'll get off your diet because you don't like me messing with your diet. So when the woman saw the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, natural. The tree desirable to make one wise. What do you mean make one wise? Like God. Well, they, guess what? They already were. They already were. Why would you want to know evil like God knows evil? When he eradicated it for you, dealt with it. She took of its fruit and she ate. She also gave it to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were what? What were they now open to? Good and evil. They were now going to see the result of this sin, which the result of the sin was? Death. And death also compromises sickness, disease, every work of everything that torments your body. They would have never seen it. So the eyes of both of them were open seven. They knew that they were also what? Naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Well, realize that we know this from Scripture based on what the Bible tells us is to come. What were they walking in? The glory of God. Why did they not notice it before? Because of the glory of God. The Shekinah presence of God, which can even be represented in the type of a cloud. Not saying that's what it looked like on them. But it can. I mean, it was so powerful, it, they didn't recognize it as something in relationship to them being naked. Why? They were walking in the glory of God. Eight, they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden of the cool of the day. Adam and Eve now did what? They hid from, is what they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, the face of God, from in, in among from the trees, uh, in the trees of the garden. So guess what? All that God created was what? Let's find out. Uh, I, I skipped over it. I apologize. Genesis 1, 31. After God created everything, verse 31, God saw everything that he had made. And indeed, it was what? It wasn't just good. What was it? Very good. So everything God made was very good. There was no evil in it. Everything God made was good. So how did death come according to Genesis chapter 3? How did death come? Man, some of you are really slow on this. You really are. How did death come? Everybody, please. Sin. Acts chapter 10. So realize this. What is the origin, pastor, of sickness and disease? Don't just say death. That's what it is. It's, it's comprised within death. What is the origin? What is the origin? Uh, sin. No, that's how it was allowed to come in. Who brought it? Satan did. Satan did. Satan brought it. Go to Acts 10. Acts chapter 10. 
So who brought, who brought death into the world? Satan did. Matter of fact, when you get to Acts 10, I'll show you. Hold your place there. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. See, I understand what you're saying. I'm not telling you that you're quote-unquote totally wrong, but we got to get real specific on this. we got to know where, uh, where sickness and disease, what it's rooted in. Where did it come from? Right. Well, it came, it came from sin. No, it came because of it. Understand the difference? It didn't come from sin. It came because of sin. Because of sin, what came into the earth? Death did. Yes, no, maybe. Death is just the disease and sickness itself. But how did it get here? Where did, where did that come from? Came from Satan. Who tempted uh, Eve and uh, Adam to do what they did? Who tempted them to do what they did? Satan did. Well, how did death get into the context of the earth? Through the act of sin, death did come. But who did it come from? Came from Satan. Who's the source of all sickness and disease? All pain and suffering in the body? Satan is. I have a question. Is Satan physical? I want you to get this. Is Satan physical? He is not. He's a spirit. Guess where all disease, sickness, pain, and suffering originates from? Spirit realm. Guess where it manifests? Physical. See, if you try to attack disease and sickness from simply a physical standpoint, you'll lose. It's not its origin. Come on, guys. Go outside. Get your weed eater. Go through your yard. Every single weed. Whack it off. Guess what it's going to do? Grow back. Why? You didn't get the root of it. You just got the result of it. See, a lot of people aren't getting healed because they're looking at the context of what is the result of where it came from. They're not dealing with the source. Want that to rest on you. See, they're trying, to deal, they're trying to deal with the sickness and disease. They're not trying to deal with the source. You got to deal with the source. Who's the source? Satan. Satan is. Satan is the source. Sure, you can speak to the result of what he brings, but you got to understand what you're really dealing with. I'm dealing with the one who doesn't have a right to do this to my body. If I'm the redeemed of the Lord, he now has no right. How do you get born again? How do you get born again? Help me real quick. How do you get born again? Couple things. Tell me what you got to do to get born again. Faith, got to believe that Jesus died, rose from the dead. Yep. Yep, absolutely. What else? Confess him. Just confess him? Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Whoa, what now? He got to be the Lord. Romans 10, 13. All who call upon the name of the Lord. The Greek language is literally inferring this in the context of Romans 10, 13. All who invoke Jesus as Lord now. They, what's that mean? I'm not Lord anymore. You know why a lot of people don't get born again? Because they actually say, okay, God, I want to go to heaven. Thank you, Jesus. I receive salvation. But they don't do what? They don't relinquish their lordship. You don't just pray a prayer to go, quote, unquote, get born again and have eternal life. What do you got to do? Say, I won't be Lord anymore. You're the Lord of my life. I receive you. Now, they can say it in different ways. They may not say, okay, Jesus, you're Lord. But you know what they'll say? I'm done. I'm, I'm finished trying to make anything in my life. Jesus, you can have it. That's the same thing. The exact same thing. You're saying, Jesus, you can have my life. What are you saying? You're my Lord. I receive what you did for me. Can I get an amen on that? And therefore, I got to do what? Believe I've received. Thank God I'm born again. Thank God I've been saved. Jesus' name. What have you been saved from? Sickness and disease. Poverty and life. All that stuff. What's one word for all that? Death. You've been saved from death. You've been given Zoe life. You now can reign in Zoe life. Through Jesus Christ. Can I get a better amen? Through what Jesus did, through the blood he shed, through what he accomplished. So again, realize this, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, that we got to acknowledge all disease, all sickness, all that has its foul, has its root and its offspring from the foul person of Satan himself. Period. As 2 Corinthians 4, 4 tells you in verse 3, even if our gospel's veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing, for whose minds, underline it, the God of this age has blinded. The word age there is the, is the word for world. The God of this world has blinded. Who's the God of this world? Well, it's Satan. Well, I thought God owned everything. No. No, because he doesn't own every, everybody. If they don't give their life to him, he doesn't own them. Truth is, Satan does. 
Why do you think Jesus told the religious leaders of his day, talking about, we're of the father of Abraham. No, you're you're of the father, you're of your father the devil. Don't even realize it. Now, Jesus even, multiple times in the gospel, called Satan the god of this world. Jesus himself said it. Talking about the world system and what we see of what came into the world and aspects of the world. He is the God of what we see. It's going. I mean, if you don't look around and see all the, all the and, and all that we got to do is recognize what obviously is an effect of, of Satan becoming the God of this world. How do we know the effect of it? Evil. Everywhere you see evil, guess what you're seeing? You're seeing a result of the fall and the reason why now we know Satan is the God in this world system. And in this world. But we don't have to be obviously under that, that God, the God of this world. We don't have to be under his rulership. Why? We've now been given the ability to reign in life. Amen. We've been given the ability to get free from the work of death. And to reign in life with the one, Jesus Christ. Any good amens on that? Amen. So Satan is the God of this world. Go back now to Acts chapter 10. So I want you to understand this. I want you to get it in your heart. All disease, all sickness, all quote-unquote physical suffering, pain and suffering in the body really results from where? The spirit realm, which comes from Satan because none of it would have been here if it not been for him. None of it would have been. Absolutely none of it. No such suffering would have been here had it not been for him. But thank God. Now, I know. I get it. You could fall and break your leg. Satan may not have done that, but God still dealt with something to help, get, help you get healed of that. God still did what you need to do to restore that part of your body. Can I get a better amen? amen? But stuff that comes in the way of disease, sickness, plagues, all this kind of stuff relating to the stuff of evil, guess what? That is clearly resulted or rooted in what we see clearly of the devil himself as the God of this world. How do we know? Let's look at Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10 is a powerful account of Peter and Cornelius. Remember this story? Cornelius was what? What was he? He was a devout man, but what else was he? He was a Roman soldier. Wasn't a Jew. He was a Roman soldier. Loved the Jewish people and loved their God. And wanted to know their God. He couldn't go in the synagogues because if you weren't a Jew, you couldn't go in the synagogue. He even built the Jews a synagogue. He loved him so much. How many know that actually God can have somebody who doesn't know him yet, who loves him so much, show up and say, hey, you want to build this building? How much do you need? Now I'm preaching way better than you, amen. He did it with Cornelius. He built them a synagogue. And so he wanted to know this God, this God of the Jews. He's crying out to him. So what does God do? God responds. Peter is actually quite a ways away. And where Peter's at up on a rooftop praying, God appears to him in a vision. And he shows him in the context of all these animals that were considered unclean that he was to now rise and eat. Meaning, guess what? This is a Gentile man, Cornelius. God's about to take the gospel to the Gentiles. God's about to show the Gentiles. This salvation is not just for the Jews. It's for all who will believe. So Peter, while he's up on the rooftop, this happens three times. And then the Lord speaks to him and says, there's men at the door, which they're down there knocking now right at this time. They came from Cornelius. How many were there? Three men. How many times did he see the vision? Three times. There's three men down at the door. Go with them. Asking nothing. Just go with them. Yes, sir. So they tell him why they're there. Now, normally, if God wouldn't have spoke to them, he wouldn't have gone. Because the Jews thought salvation was only for them. He wouldn't have gone to the Gentiles. But God said to go. So guess what he does? He houses them that night. They get up the next day. They go to see Cornelius. He comes to Cornelius' house. And Cornelius tells him that he wants to know his God. That he believes in his God. And he wants to hear about this salvation that God has to offer. In verse 34, Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive God shows what? God shows what? Now, here's what I want you to tie now to the life of Zoe that we now have. All that is of death includes sickness and disease, correct? All that is of life includes healing and and deliverance from such things, correct? Absolutely. Don't look at salvation as a one-thing package, that it's just a born-again experience and eternal life in heaven. No, salvation is an entire package, including what? Including freedom from death. Including freedom from what? Sickness and disease. So watch this. He opened his mouth. He said, in truth, I perceive God shows no partiality. Say, God shows no favorites. That'd be an easier way for us to understand that word. Meaning what? So God only heals some, but doesn't heal everybody, pastor. Then he would be a God of favorites. And this would be a lie. But it's not true. I said, it's not true. Why? Because the Bible said he shows no partiality. You listening? 
He's not a respecter of persons. He is a respecter of faith. Verse 35, watch this. But in every nation, what's that mean? doesn't matter the ethnic group. Nation, every, just every different form of ethnic group. Doesn't matter. Islam doesn't matter. There's a lot of, there's a lot of Muslims getting born again right now. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what ethnic group you're from. Watch this. In every nation, watch. Whoever does what? Whoever fears him, has a reverence, has an honor now, a respect for God to receive him, and therefore works righteousness is accepted by him. Works righteousness? Like work their way to righteousness? No. They just simply understand, well, there's a free gift. I can now receive the works of righteousness. I'm not working for righteousness. I'm receiving the works of righteousness, what Jesus did to make it possible. Can I get a better amen? 36, the word. This is Peter preaching to Cornelius and his household. The, the, the word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ. Preaching what? Peace. Meaning what? No war anymore. No. no war between man and God anymore who will accept Jesus. The war is over. Amen. The enmity between man and God has been removed. He is now what? Lord of all. 37, notice this. That word you know. Which was proclaimed throughout what? All Judea. It began from Galilee and after the baptism which John preached. 38. How God anointed. How this all start? How God anointed. Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Why? Why did God anoint Jesus of Nazareth? Anoint means to do what? Smear on. To rub on. What did he smear and rub on Jesus at the time of his water baptism? The Holy Spirit. The word Holy Spirit is the same word for power. Talking about the Holy Spirit, it's the same word for power. When you refer to the Holy Spirit, he's the power that was hovering over the waters when God spoke and brought the world into existence. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and therefore power, who went about doing what? What did he do with that anointing? What did he do with that anointing of the Holy Spirit? Tell me what he did. He did no evil. I said he did no evil. What did he do? What about doing what? Good. What would man know when he sinned? Good and evil. What was Jesus here to reveal now what he came to do for mankind? Good. And to do what? Help you get free from evil. He went about doing good. Watch this, watch this. And healing a few. How many? Excuse me? Give me a good Texas all. He went about healing all who were what? What were they? All. All. Everybody he healed, God says, was oppressed by the... You want to know why? Because everything that has to do with sickness and disease, everything that has to do with pain and suffering in your body, its author and where it comes from is a spirit called Satan, the devil. That's its origin. It's not your body. It's not your physical body. You might be dealing with a, you know, some type of a virus or something in your body. Its origin is Satan. That's where it comes from. You listening? Now those viruses are now all spread throughout the world. You can pick it up with your hands. It's not like the devil comes up and gives you a virus. It's everywhere. You can just pick it up by touching something. But if you understand the power of what you have to walk in of Zoe life, you could touch a virus, but guess what? If you understand the power of Zoe life and you walk by faith in your righteousness, guess what happens to the virus? It dies. You don't. I said it dies. You don't. Zoe life trumps death. You can now reign in life. Amen. So you're going to walk around scared of every virus on the planet. You're going to wind up getting some. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to spend some time here because the Holy Spirit just told me you deal with this. If you're going to walk around with fear of disease and sickness and germs and stuff on the planet, you're going to wind up getting some. You know why? Because you're walking in fear. You're afraid of them. If you're afraid of them, you're not putting faith in the Zoe life of God. That trumps the germ, trumps the disease. I didn't say it's wrong to wash your hands, but Jesus himself and his disciples one day were walking through a wheat field and they were plucking the grains of head. And and don't you know the Pharisees following them, you know, trying to catch them doing something wrong. Said, hey, don't don't your disciples do according to the commandments of the Pharisees and wash their hands before they eat? They weren't even washing their hands before they ate. Are you listening? I said, are you listening? 
Are you telling us don't wash your hands? I would tell you if you got access to wash your hands, wash your hands. I'm trying to explain something that some people really have a difficulty understanding and they can't walk this fine line. If you are afraid of germ sickness and disease every time you touch something, you're going to get it. Because fear is not faith in what Jesus did to cause that thing to die. John G. Lake himself, during the bubonic plague in South Africa, he literally told doctors who came there who were trying to help stave off this, this plague. He said, how is it that you don't have it? It's a very contagious disease. How is it you're ministering to these people and praying for these people and, and trying to help these people and it's not getting on you? He said, because I am under the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. I've been freed from the law of sin and death. Which includes the bubonic plague. I get blue, boo, bubonic, <laughs> bubonic plague. It includes it. He said, I'll prove it to you. I'll prove it to you. You have your microscopes that you study stuff with? Here, yeah. Get one. Get some of that frothy stuff off a person's mouth before they die that has all that in there. You get it. You put it on my hand. You watch it under a microscope and you'll watch it die. And it did. Why? He wasn't fearful. He wasn't fearful. You can walk. Listen, I'm not telling you to go around a bunch of people that are sick to prove that you can't get it. I'm just telling you, you're walking in a world full of sick people. And if you're fearful, come on church, I'm trying to help you. If you're fearful of any type of disease, sickness, or germ, you're going to open the door to get it. Because fear gives Satan opportunity to work in your life. You listening? But faith in God says, I can go through this earth. That's why I was an adamant everywhere I went during COVID, I would not wear a mask. Number one, I realized they don't work. I found that out really quick. If people would just have any kind of common sense exercise to go to some people and know what the heck they're talking about, that ain't the government and that ain't the people they hire. And if they would just go find out some truth about people that can really explain stuff, you would find out it didn't work. Number two, they're telling me to put on a mask. Why? Why'd they tell me to put on a mask? They told me to put on a mask to protect you. Yeah. Not me. No, they told me to protect you because you could have it. You know what they're saying? Here's what they're saying. I say you could have it. You know what I say? I don't because the Bible says I don't. You say I do. I have a choice now. Yes. I have a choice. I can believe you. Amen. Or I can believe the Bible. Amen. I can't picture Jesus during COVID walking around with a mask on his face. <laughs> well, that's the son of God. What are you? Your sons and children, your sons and daughters of the Most High God. I'd like some better amens in this really quiet congregation this morning. I went to every store and said, we'll not wear it. Can't come in. Well, we have a law in this nation, in this country of ours, that literally says they cannot discriminate against you in any public place because of your religion. I found the reading of it, found the actual documentation of it. I would walk up to the door where they would tell me, yeah, I, I, I had one place, I had one place really challenging me big. Most of them, they just didn't say nothing. Now, isn't it odd back then? I'm, I'm like one of the only guys in the store without a mask and everybody just staring at me. Oh, yeah. I don't care. I ain't going to get it. I'm not being arrogant, not being, no, not being rebellious. No, I believe the Bible. Does the Bible say I'm free from it? Well, do you believe it or not? I believe the Bible. I believe the word of God. I don't believe my government. Amen. Believe your government if you want. I believe my God. Amen. Your God's way better than your government. Yes. I said, I believe my God. I don't have it. You say, I do, because that's why you got to wear a mask. Well, the government says you got to wear it. Well, guess what? There's a law that says you cannot actually enforce anything over me from entering a public place based on my belief of, of, of religion, my belief of my God. My God says I'm healed. You say I'm not, that I could be spreading it. I'm not going to wear one. I only got challenged at one place, really, and that was the Sam's store down in Keller. And the, guy, the gal said, can't come in. So where's your manager? Go get him. I got a law to show him. I pulled up on my phone. I said, get your manager. They brought a little manager. I showed him. Well, I'm sorry. I don't, no, 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 sorry. No, you're violating the law. Right. No, you're violating the law. No, I'm not. You're violating the law. I'm not. You're violating the law. My religious beliefs. I said, you're not the main manager, are you? No, go get him. Go get him. So she goes and gets the main manager. He comes. I tell him the same thing. You know what he says? Would you just do me a favor? Just kind of stay away from people. I said, yeah. Sure. Fine. No problem with me. <laughs> I just want to get in and get my stuff and get out. Fine. Go for it, man. Just, just stay away from people. Don't get real close to them. Well, the truth is, I wanted to say, be better off I got around them. If you knew what I had to give them. 
but that's okay. So you and I have to understand this very clearly. Jesus went about doing good and healing again. How many? Now, did he heal every single individual? He didn't. Why all here? Why healing all? Because there's not a sickness, a disease. There's not a suffering you can name of any category that he didn't heal. Meaning what? It doesn't matter what you're dealing with. God, verse back here, come on, back here in verse 34, God has no favorites. Hallelujah. And therefore Jesus proved it, verse 38, by going about doing good and healing what? Every form of disease and sickness of those who were what now? What did he call it? An oppression of the devil because God was what? God was what? Are you born again and you know it? Shout amen. amen. Guess who's with you? God's with you. Same as he's with Jesus. So he went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. 39, were his witnesses of all these things, which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem. Notice, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. So he goes on preaching the gospel to them, tells them the rest of what Jesus did. And guess what? They received the, not only the born again experience, they got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Woo! They start speaking in tongues, magnifying God. Any good amens on that? Who is the origin of death? And therefore, all that's comprised within death, Satan is. It doesn't originate in your body. It's not where it started. It originated in a spirit called Satan. But there's another spirit named Jesus who came to deal with that and help us to overcome it. Now, I'm going to read some verses to you, and i got to close. We'll pick this up tonight. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I'm going to learn some stuff you haven't known. I'm going to show you in this series... The significant key of how believers are to continue to walk in health and keep it. Okay. Don't get mad. It's not by the laying on of hands. It's not by the anointing of all. God gave us a way to stay healthy and well. Yes. And to deal stuff when it attacks us doesn't mean you don't get attacked. Right. But if you know the origin of where it came from, if you know the truth of what the Bible reveals about what you now have, and how you can deal with it, you can deal with it biblically and you can get rid of it. <clears throat> Thank you for two amens on that. Are you preaching this, Pastor, because of uh, anybody? No, I'm preaching this because God told me to. I needed to be reminded. I've had multiple people asking me about this. I said, you know what? I just need to preach on it again rather than trying to tell everybody on the phone. It takes me like 45 minutes to an hour to go over and explain. How about I just teach everybody in our church? And we all get reminded, amen? And, And even learn some new stuff. I thank God we can get what God has available for us. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, notice this, verse 23, Paul said, I received from the Lord, directly from the Lord, that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. What was going on? What was going on there? Anybody know? Excuse me? It was. What did they call it at the time? What did they call it? Excuse me? Passover. This is the Passover meal that he's having with his disciples right before he goes to the cross. Now, they actually took it a little earlier, late that night, because the next day was actually Passover, but he's going to be on the cross. He's going to be the Passover lamb. So verse 23, this is him and his disciples sitting down to have the Passover meal. Oh, we're going to get in this tonight. Oh, this is going to be good. I received from the Lord that which I delivered to you, the Lord Jesus, on the same night, he was betrayed, took bread. Quit talking so fast, faster. I'm out of time. I got to hurry. I'm going to come back to it. 24, he had, notice this, after he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, take, eat, this is my body. I just want to get this point across to you real quick. Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Underline this, please. Do this in remembrance of me. Underline that. Underline that. Do this in remembrance of me. When you take of this bread, do this in remembrance of me. 25, in the same manner, he took the cup after, after supper, saying, the cup, this cup is what now? What is it? The new covenant in my what? My blood. This do as often as you drink it. Underline it in remembrance of me. 26, for as often as you eat this bread, drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Amen. Now, let me just share a little something with you, and i got to stop, and I'll pick this up tonight. We have a perfect picture of what Jesus did to keep the works of death out of this house of ours, our body, in the Passover. He is that Passover. And in the Passover, they were told two things. Anybody remember what they were told? You go get a lamb without blemish, and you do what? You cook it. 
you don't cook it, you fry it, or you burn it, you roast it in fire. You roast it in fire, you don't boil it. You roast it in fire, and you eat every bit of it. You listening? And then you take the blood. This was, this was what started the initiation of the Passover. What's going on here? Anybody remember? God's about to deal with, uh, God's about to deal with uh, Pharaoh and all of his handedness against the children of Israel. He's going to strike their firstborn. He's going to allow death to come and strike their firstborn. Physical death. Right? So what does he do to protect the children of Israel? What is the requirement for the children of Israel to not have this affect their life? Really simple. One, get a lamb. Roast it in fire. Eat all of it. Two, take the blood. Put it in three places. <laughs> Man, I'd love to have about another hour. Put it in three places. I will tonight. Put it on each of the doorposts and over the lintel. You're a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. The blood was given to cover every part of your life. And if you'll put that blood over the... And eat all the lamb. I'll show you this tonight. Feed all the lamb. Put that blood over your door. When that death comes, guess what it'll do? It's not based on how old you are, how young you are, what you've done, what you haven't done. Guess what? If you're in that home, if anybody's in that home, death will pass over. No partiality. No picking favorites. If they're in that house, when death comes, it'll, go, it'll pass you by. And Jesus is the Passover lamb. Yes, Amen. And he's provided for me and you through the sacrifice of his body. We're supposed to eat all of it. An acknowledgement of his blood. Recognize the power of it over every part of our life. Not just our spirit, not just our soul, but also our bodies. Amen. The work of death, sickness and disease Amen. cannot attach itself to you. It has to pass your house by. Amen. This house. You listening? Amen. It could try to get upon this house of yours, but if you understand what the, blood, what the blood of Jesus did and the sacrifice of his body, I want, to, I want to make this point again. What's he told him to do? Remember me. Remember me. You know what most people probably don't really do in communion, in context of that phrase? They don't biblically remember Jesus when they're receiving it. And he goes on to say later, if you partake of this communion in an unworthy manner, You'll be guilty of the body and the blood of Jesus. Meaning what? You won't escape what came as a result of the guilt of man's sin. Death. You won't escape it. Because you're not acknowledging. You're just not acknowledging what I did to, do, to deal with it. So how do you judge yourself properly when you take communion? You don't look at your sin. Did he say look at you? See later it's going to talk about their judging yourself. Okay. What am I judging myself by? Righteousness. So you need to learn this. We don't receive communion to go back. I mean, wherever in a church where you were taught in a time of communion, you examine any sins you've committed, acknowledge all those sins. Did Jesus say that? No. He didn't say that. No. He didn't say, now when you receive communion, you remember all the sins that you committed and deal with them. Nope. Guess how you partake of the communion elements unworthily? You're not thinking about him. You're thinking about you. Not supposed to think about you. Not what he said. He made it black and white. You receive the bread, you don't think about you. Think about me. Think about what I did. You receive the, the cup that represents my blood. What do you think about? You think about me. You think about what I did. You, you think about anything else other than me. You receive it in an unworthy manner. Not like you're unworthy to God. You're not receiving it in the worth that you have in God. You need to hear that. You're not receiving it in the worth you have in God. What's the worth you have in God? Righteousness. How'd you get it? Free gift. Free gift. When you receive communion properly, you're not acknowledging what you've done. You're acknowledging what he did. You're not thinking about you. You're thinking about him. And when you do, and you do it properly, guess what? Death. Come on, man. Death has to pass your house by. All that's comprised of death itself. Can I get a better amen? amen? Well, death's got a root in my home. What do I do? We're going to show you in this series. I'm going to show you how to deal with it. I'm going to show you how to get it out. Can I get a better amen? amen. It has to do with eating all of his body. Amen. And we'll show you that when we get to that point. Stand your feet. Praise God. Praise.
We pray that you are blessed by the message Pastor Baker shared with you today. For more spiritual resources that can help you in your walk with God, or to invite Pastor Baker as a guest speaker, just go to our website at cffchurch.com. You will find additional teachings by video, audio, and printed resources that will be a blessing to you. May God's very best be yours.